Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. I'm Janine Bitson and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. Father Greg Hammond. And we are just so grateful that you've joined us this morning. Uh, we have quite a lineup this morning, I'm Father. I'm excited for today's show. Oh, I am too. And we're just so grateful, like I said, that you've tuned in to Real Presence Live this morning. Uh, but as we begin with everything, Father, at Real Presence Radio, we begin with prayer. Could you lead us? Sure. Today is the feast day of the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Um, I am uh, the happy pastor of a parish named St. Raphael's, um, uh, one of my three parishes. And uh, before I was the pastor uh, at, at those parishes, I was um, the, uh, an associate at St. Michael's. So I've had two of the three um, archangels as patrons in my priesthood so far. Um, for the prayer, I'd like to give a little um, meditation here from Pope Leo the Great. It's for, no Saint Greg, Pope Saint Gregory the Great yeah. from today's Office of Readings. Um, it's a little meditation on the meaning of the names Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. He writes, Michael means who is like God, Gabriel, the strength of God, and Raphael, God's remedy. Whenever some act of wondrous power must be performed, Michael is sent so that his action and his name may make it clear that no one can do what God does by, by his superior power. So also our ancient foe desired in his pride to be like God, saying, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of heaven. I will be like the Most High. He will be allowed to remain in power until the end of the world when he will be destroyed in the final punishment. Then he will fight with the archangel Michael, as we are told by John, a battle was fought with Michael the archangel. So too, Gabriel, who is called God's strength, was sent to Mary. He came to announce the one who appeared as a humble man to quell the cosmic powers. Thus God's strength announced the coming of the Lord, the Lord of the heavenly powers, mighty in battle. Raphael means, as I have said, God's remedy. For when he touched Tobit's eyes in order to cure him, he banished the darkness of his blindness. Thus, since he is to heal, he is rightly called God's remedy. Lord, you surround us by power, and yet you humble yourself by distributing that power through your angels and your saints. We entrust ourselves to their care, the care of St. Michael, whose power makes us think of you. We entrust ourselves to St. Gabriel, who brings us your message. And we entrust ourselves to St. Raphael, who is your, your healing and your remedy. Help us to have faith and encouragement through the hosts of angels that surround us at all times. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much, Father. Yeah, it's such an important feast day uh, in our church and such an important reminder uh, that we have Christ's love, uh, God 
to, to guide us and give us his graces. And we have incredible protectors and um, angels who are surrounding us. Yeah, he shows us his love in such diverse ways. Yes, you know, he does. Uh, through, through his people, through his, uh, through his creation, and through his angels even. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of one of his people, someone I just absolutely love is our first guest this morning, and we are so grateful. We have Nick Emmel from St. Mary's Central High School, and we are so grateful, Nick, that you're joining us today. I miss you dearly, <laughs> but I was so excited to hear you are going to be on with us. Janine, thank you so much. What a grace it is to be with you, and also Father Greg Hammond. Good morning, uh, Nick. It's, it's always... Good morning. It's always good to be with old friends. Yeah, likewise. Oh, and and lifelong friends. I um, think of you often, and I'm just, I'm just so grateful for all that you have done for our kids uh, when you were here with us at Shanley High School. But thanks so much for joining us. You know, we are we're so excited. You're going to be talking to us about something very important: um, combating fear with virtue. And with everything going on in the world today, and and has been since the beginning of time, since the beginning of man falling, you know, it, it's so important for us to really lock on to virtue and the grace that God gives us with virtue. Um, so, tell us first a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well. I did teach at Shanley High School for four years, and then my wife and I both sort of followed the call to Bismarck and took teaching positions in Bismarck, me at St. Mary's Central High School, and my wife at the University of Maine. Um, and I've been blessed to be a part of the great work of Catholic education for, I guess this is my 12th year of teaching. I was a youth director before that, but... Um, it's funny because I do, today, I really do want to respond a bit to, you know, the present situation that I think everyone is experiencing in different ways. And and it's great because I, I mentioned to my students in class that I would be on the radio uh, just a couple of days ago, and they said, what are you going to talk about? And I said, well, I want to talk about our response to this pandemic, and in particular, our response in virtue. And one of my students just out of nowhere said, you should title your talk Virtue and Virus. <laughs> and I thought that was I thought that was clever. And so so yeah, I want to talk about virtue and virus and Catholic education amid the pandemic. Oh, that sounds wonderful, Nick. You know, it's you know, every cross has a resurrection and every time challenging time has um, just a way of helping people lift each other in faith. And, and so it is a really challenging time for Catholics. Can, can you just elaborate on that? Well, you know, I've been experiencing a lot of uh, questions, especially about school. You know, um, I'm not an expert in the science, per se, and I'm, I'm certainly, you know, I'm still learning a lot about this, as everyone else is. But I am, uh, I am fairly well-versed in what it means to teach and, and what Catholic education uh, means. And so, so going back to school this year was sort of a giant question mark, and people keep asking me, how's school going? And I realize that my response uh, is maybe not what they're looking for, but, but what I've been saying to them is, you know, uh, school is basically the same as it is every year. 
And they say to me, how can that be? It's the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. And my response is, teachers every year have all kinds of problems to solve. And they don't dwell on those problems, but they look for solutions. And so that's what we've been doing this year. And uh, I think that's what every family member has been doing, you know, every employer. How do we solve problems and not dwell on them? Yeah, that's such a good point, uh, because when we dwell on on problems rather than, well, every problem has an opportunity, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's if you look at it in the, the optimistic, positive way, um, every problem can create opportunities and innovations and growth. Um, but there are also things that can paralyze us in problems. And, and so can you talk a little bit more on the difference between fear, which paralyzes, and virtue? Yeah, so, um, you know, Peter Christ is obviously a, a brilliant uh, teacher and writer, and he says that virtue is simply a right response to reality that we can't control what happens, but virtue is really just responding appropriately when when things do happen. So our right response to reality. And, you know, I'm a teacher, and so I gather things from everywhere. I, I don't know if I've ever had an original idea, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but I just constantly try to gather wisdom because um, because I think people, there, there are many people that are, that are extremely gifted at making sense of this world. And so Peter Christ would be one of them. And then another was uh, Real Presence Radio's um, Father Josh Waltz. And perhaps you guys have heard, maybe you've heard his sermon on uh, faith over fear. And that, to me, was just such a powerful thing. I think it's got thousands of hits at this point. And I had my students listen to it when they came back to school. And one of the things that, that Father is very clear about in his sermon is that, you know, fear is something that we should almost never follow. And instead, God gives us, you know, this first response of faith. And, and that faith is what, uh, you know, it's obviously an act of the will, and it's the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not seen, as we learn from the Scriptures in Hebrews. But that that our best response when we're tempted to fear, especially in something like this, is to respond in faith and to make that a habit. Because, of course, we know that the virtues are habits. They're not just something you do once. And so I really appreciated that. The other thing that I appreciated is that, and you, I just encourage all the listeners, and if you guys haven't listened to this sermon, you really should, but there's a quick spoiler I can give you. One of the things that he mentions is this amazing uh, quotation from C.S. Lewis. And it's during uh, one of C.S. Lewis's responses to living with the atomic age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, the threat of the atomic bomb. Yeah. And Lewis, Lewis kind of talks about, hey, listen, you know, as he's responding um, to one of his uh, essays, he says, the first thing we can't forget is that the threats to our to our safety, the threats to our life, are not new, and they're actually not novel. Um, that that he kind of draws from history and says, you know, London experienced the plague almost every year at at one point in history, and there were raiders and Vikings that were attacking, 
you know, other places throughout history. He says we're, we're already living in the age of cancer and other issues. So, so he says the first thing we need to remember is that uh, we're, we can't exaggerate the novelty of our situation. But he says it's perfectly ridiculous to go around whimpering, drawing long faces, because the scientists have added one more chance of a painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. And so he kind of, he starts by just sort of framing things, C.S. Lewis does. And then he says, the next thing we should consider then is that if we are to be experiencing the threat of some horrible thing, like an atomic bomb, he says, he says, and this is part of the quote, let that bomb, when it comes, find us, and let it find us doing something sensible, human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint of beer and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. And so I love that Father Waltz uh, sort of guided us that quotation, and you know, the greatest thing we can do is choose faith over fear, uh, especially as we start responding uh, every day to these challenges. Wow, well, that that is such a, a wonderful uh, author and uh, really philosopher and great faith person to you know just take his his words to heart and and to remind ourselves of of those things that, you know, we do need to live in the now because that's where God is, you know, uh, the past and the future, um, you know, past we can't control, it's done. Uh, the future, we don't know what's going to come, but the now and being with God now and, and enjoying those graces now that he gives us uh, is so important. You know, Nick, we're, we're going to have to go on a break, but on the other side of the break, we'll talk more with Nick Amel about being virtuous, even in times of fear. You are listening to Real Presence Live, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Mount Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. and We hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. You may know that suicide rates are skyrocketing, but do you know why? 
I'm Father Chris Alar. While suicide is often related to depression, the effects and causes are different. For example, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and substance abuse are likely effects of depression, whereas purposelessness and hopelessness are the causes of depression. And if you don't see any purpose in life, you will have no hope. In a world that says happiness is found only in sex, money, and power, you will never be completely satisfied. There is only one thing that can bring true happiness, and without it, you will fall into depression and despair. So, to find this hope, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost, and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We've been visiting with Nick Elmo, who is at St. Mary's St. Mary's Central High School, I'm sorry, Nick, uh, out in Bismarck, North Dakota. And we're so grateful because he's been visiting us about how to combat fear with virtue. Nick, I, this is Father Hammond again. I love a conversation about virtue. It's one of the things that, um, one, of the, one of the topics that really kind of uh, inspired me a lot in seminary and just, um, just on Sunday evening in our RCIA class at uh, the parishes that I serve, we were talking about um, the moral life and, and a little bit at least about how the virtues play into that, like cultivating these habits, these habits of our, of our lifestyle that lead us to, to our ultimate goal. The, the goal of life, which is um, like being fully human and like fully receiving the life of, of God. Um, and, but there can be, sometimes be a set or sort of tension between those because we're supposed to be um, smart and prudent in our lives. We're supposed to make, make sound judgments based on uh, the circumstances that present ourselves or that present themselves to us. Um, but then we're also told to have faith, have faith in Jesus in the in the in the midst of of um, dangers and, and and threats and anxieties. Um, and sometimes that can seem those can seem at odds with each other. Being prudent, making sound judgments, and having faith, which sometimes can maybe sound like it's being foolhardy, just throwing caution to the wind. Could you help us unpack that? How can you explain how as Christians we have faith, but that's not foolhardiness? Right. That's a great question, Father. Well, we know, uh, just to kind of define some terms, we know that as human beings, that we are an integration. You know, we're an integration of, of a soul and body. You know, we've obviously got this integration of our, our mind, our thoughts, our emotions. And so um, each human being, you know, obviously is making choices every single day. And, and really what virtue is, is just the habits that are formed from those choices. And so, you know, that the Catechism says virtue is the habitual choosing of the good. And I sometimes like to make a distinction between a virtue and a value. So, so a virtue is this habit of choosing something that's good. A value, then, is just something that you hold to high esteem. And so, so I think maybe making that distinction is helpful. Um, but, but certainly with this, you know, you had mentioned about, like, how do we make sense of being prudent and avoiding, you know, the vice 
of being foolhardy, you know, especially in terms of this pandemic and, and some of the fear that happens, you know, should we, you know, should we make absurd decisions like, you know, never washing our hands so that, you know, sure. or, or not, you know, not responding to the things that, you know, people of the field of, of science and medicine have asked of us, um, you know, and I, I think that obviously prudence is involved, you know, with the virtues, we have four cardinal virtues, and those are those are called the natural virtues because human beings could understand that those were there was something that that led to to freedom and freedom within their decisions and freedom within their life. And so we've got the cardinal virtues. Uh, our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with those: uh, temperance, prudence, justice, and fortitude. But then uh, we know that through scripture. Through God's revelation, he also teaches us about these theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. And so um, the virtues, like the human person, are also an integration, because they come from God. And God is an integration. God is a harmony, right? And so, um, so the virtues do work together. What you find out pretty quickly is that if you think you have a lot of prudence, but then you don't have temperance in your life, your life starts to fall apart, mm. and vice starts to happen. And so it, I sometimes explain it to students like a four-legged stool with the cardinal virtues. If you cut one leg off, then the whole thing falls over. And I think you could say the same with the theological virtues. They're sort of like a three-legged stool. If you, know, if you have all kinds of hope, but you have zero faith, then it often turns into a vice, like foolhardiness mm. you know, or, or, or something else. Um, some sort of sheepishness. Uh, and so, um, but, but then we also know through the great tradition of our faith that those theological virtues illuminate, the, the, the supernatural virtues illuminate the, the cardinal virtues, and they help to make sense of these natural virtues that, you know, human beings have been talking about all the way back to the sophists and, you know, to the ancient Greek philosophers. And so, so I think having that, you know, connection between these supernatural virtues and the natural virtues helps to order the life of the human person. And one other thing I would just say is, is that I think sometimes when you start talking virtues, you can really get caught up in the, in the theology or the ethics, you know, and you start talking about words sort of like they're far away from us. But if you're ever concerned, like, what is my life really like, and how do these virtues meet Nick Emil on a daily basis, mm-hmm. all I need to do is look at my calendar, look at my phone, and what, what I'm spending my time doing, you know, look at my bank account, and what am I spending my money on, you know? And, and I think those can sometimes be a good reality check for us. Um, there's this great app on some phones, too, where you can... You can look at your battery life, and you can see where am I spending my time and, yeah. and on what apps. Uh, that might be a good modern way to sort of have a reality check. And I think when you do that, you can start to go, okay, what are my habits? You know, or perhaps ask a good friend or your spouse. How have you been able to see, um, just kind of in your past month or so, give or take six, uh, six weeks maybe, as... Um, teaching here in the in the fall semester how have you been able to kind of communicate that to your students and and shepherd them through the the the, the flux of maybe their own 
uh, thoughts and emotions about um, just 2020 as it's been presenting itself to us? Yeah, well, the good news, Father, is that everything I do every year points toward how to respond to these everyday Mm. struggles. So that's great. It's embedded within our curriculum, and it's embedded within the the Church's teachings. Um, But but I I think that turning to some of the, the other two theological virtues would be helpful. So we've talked a lot about faith already, um, but hope is another one. And I, I like to remind students that, that these, these virtues aren't merely feelings. And I think sometimes we really get confused with hope, and we, we, uh, we look to hope as sort of a feeling. Um, and, and I remind students, you know, I've known people that have suffered greatly from depression and, and other, you know, serious things. But I've, I've known uh, enough of those serious things to recognize when, when even people who suffer with great you know, mental illness choose hope. It's such a powerful thing, and it's a real thing. Another example that I use, because we use uh, portions of Viktor Frankl's Man's, Life, uh, Man's Search for Meaning mm-hmm. text, uh, I always remind students, too, that if these theological virtues, including hope, are realities, in Auschwitz, for Viktor Frankl, uh, then we know that they're real, <laughs> you know, in 2020. Sure. So, so I think that those are good. You know, working these, working these virtues is sort of like working a spiritual muscle. And so, of course, we need to make some habits. We, we can't dwell on, you know, when, when they haven't been habits for us, but we have to keep abandoning ourselves to every single day. And uh, into the present moment. So, so I think that you know, addressing hope, choosing hope, especially when you don't feel like it, is another big one that I've reminded students. And and I think studying the history, like C.S. Lewis reminded us earlier, is also helpful. But we know human beings have been through difficult things before, and that the human spirit is powerful. Well, so, um, and when you yeah. think even just yesterday uh, with the reading from the book of Job, what a great example of hope and obedience to God through tough times, but being so hopeful, you know, knowing that, you know, he, he was cared for, uh, his children were cared for, all the horrible things that happened, um, it wasn't the end. Um, so, yeah, you know, and you look at examples of hope like in Job and, and like you say, in, in victims of, of the Holocaust and, and, of course, victims around the world even today, real time, uh, things happening. But, Nick, tell us what part does knowledge and wisdom play in the battle between, you know, fear and virtue? Sure. Well, so prudence or wisdom is, was always described uh, throughout the church's history and even beyond, was called like the charioteer of the virtues, so like the first one. And and maybe just anecdotally, I think uh, I think it's so helpful sometimes for us to just be able to name things. And when we know what what words to call them, and when we understand you know their definitions, sometimes even the first step in conquering something, maybe it's a vice that you're struggling with. Is just naming what it is, knowing what it is. You know, this is uh, this is me avoiding prayer. It's this is me being slothful right now, and and I need to turn to Jesus 
and I need to turn away from my Apple News, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I think naming those things can be something that's really helpful. Now, we only have a few more minutes. Is that correct? Yeah. So let's hit, can we hit the last one? Charity over safety? Please. Uh, yes. I'd like, I'd like to address that one, too. And, and, of course, safety, we know, is something that is uh, tied to prudence. And, and it's something that God offers us. You know, there's, there's beautiful examples in the scriptures of, of God, you know, offering safety to others. But I've heard this word so much in our response to the pandemic. And one of the things that stuck out to me is that safety isn't a virtue. Charity is. And Monsignor James Shea, uh, the president of the University of Mary, gave this wonderful um, presentation and retreat in the midst of the pandemic in March. And he mentioned that. He said, you know, when we, when we wash our hands, when we wear masks, etc., we do this out of charity, not out of safety. Mm-hmm. Our, our greatest goal is to be loving to other people. And so I just think that, that I thought that was such a great bit of wisdom for our response. And so, yeah, I think when you look at these cardinal virtues and you look at the theological virtues, we're reminded of what St. Paul says, that now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So let's choose charity. Wow, that Nick, that is so wonderful. We are so grateful that you joined us today. Uh, we thank you. Uh, we miss you. <laughs> and it's always so great to hear your voice and, and just your calm and love in, in the state any state in life uh, that what people are dealing with. So thank you so much. Up next, it's a fall festival. Find out more in our next conversation on Real Presence Live. Thanks for being with us, Nick. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.